talking about how cool I am. Yeah, I want you to tell me, tell me all those big, big weed names that you're you're just kind of crossing arms with that you're kind of just like gussying up for. Uh, you ever heard of Grizzly Times? Obviously, I haven't. No. You, you ever heard of uh, anti cannabinoids? Anti cannabinoids. Sorry, I'm I'm more into the. Uh, I, I kind of am into the industrial weed community myself. You like the Walmart stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. Like, I, there's Wally World, uh, who's who's a super big deal in the Walmart weed community. Uh, uh, why have I heard, like, was I just watching Wally World? The, that was a Nick Cage movie, right? Um... <laughs> You're talking about the uh, Five Nights at Freddy's one where he beats up a bunch of animatronics? Yeah, it was like Wally's Wonderworld or something like that. Wally's Wonderland or something? Wally's Wonderland. Yeah, I literally just got done watching a video about that movie. Really? Yeah. Uh, what did you think of the video? <laughs> uh, I didn't think... I, the video was funny. It was a guy called Elvis the Alien that I found on YouTube that I like a lot now. Ah. He's a snarky little fuck, and he's pretty funny, and... Uh, yeah, he, he just, like, Nick Cage is one of his favorite actors, so every time he gets to talk about a Nick Cage movie, he's just, like, especially excited. <laughs> and he did, like, a, I think it's, like, 36 minutes long, the video that he did about Wally's wow. World or whatever. So it's like, yeah, he can go for a while. I mean, that's crazy, because the movie is basically, has a paper-thin plot, and is just Nick Cage beating up animatronics. Yeah, he's just, like, a night, a new night janitor of, a, of like, a Chuck E. Cheese ripoff. Yeah, well, I mean, I've seen it before. Uh, yeah, I, this this is this is an interesting new development. I've seen a movie that you haven't. That holy shit! Who would have ever thought that would? Wow, happen? I think I'm gonna. This is this is a big deal. I think I'm gonna flaunt this in your face Dude. for a bit. Actually, mark the time. Yeah, what's today? October fifteenth. Yep. Seven oh eight p.m. Uh, is, when we should yep. be doing a live stream. Yeah, and I know that this time is usually like also since we started the live stream, it's just been eating into your nap time, and yeah, it's, uh, I totally appreciate you sacrificing. Yeah, well, I'm a uh, I'm like nappies. a I I have to sleep at least twenty hours a day. Mm-hmm. You know, you're like a, an iguana. I'm like an iguana. I'm like a I'm like a tiger. I'm like a lion. You're like I only get up to to feed. I only get up to feed and breed, baby. Hey, feed and breed. We're the feed and breed bros. That's it. As soon as that was coming out of my mouth, I remembered that my sister has started listening to our episodes. <laughs> and I am very sorry for that. Uh, I mean, totally worth it. Honestly, that's what she gets for listening to your podcast. Like, you know, I mean, what was she expecting? We're nothing but controversy on this podcast. It's all just just hot topics. Uh, hot goss. Stuff that no one else has the cojones to talk about. That's right. We, we're the only ones that are brave enough to bring truth to power. Yeah. You know? And, uh, yeah, I mean, and now I like our new nickname of... Um, the breed, the breed bros, <laughs> breed so, bros. Yeah, but we have to clarify: we don't, we don't breed with each other. No, that's. I think We're, it's physically impossible. I mean, I, I think we could make it work. I think we could find a way. <laughs> hey, man, 
Life finds a way. <laughs> Life finds a way. Jeff Goldblum, 1993. Steven Spielberg's uh, r- rocket film, Jurassic Park. <laughs> rocket film, Jurassic. His, his rocket to stardom is what I was trying to say. Okay. His film about a rocket. That yeah, that was shaped like a T Rex. Yeah, and went after a bunch of local tourists. Yeah, we were talking about Wally's Wonderland, though. Uh, you got anything more to say about that, or you? Uh, yeah, I just think it's really cool that I've seen it and you haven't, so I know yeah. like more about the movie than you, and I always will. Right. Uh, Can you, you imagine know. if I was like that with, <laughs> <laughs> with you? If you were, if even once you were remotely like that with me? <laughs> Can you imagine? A, oh my god. I would just I would do nothing but bring up movies around you just so I could be an asshole. Just like oh yeah, so Brett, dude, have you seen uh, have you seen Checkmart? And I'd be like, no, man, you know what? Like I don't want. Oh well, I have. So oh. uh, <laughs> pretty good, if I do so say my, so myself. My favorite is when people go, well, you must have seen blank or oh, I mean, you had to have listened to right this album, right? And then you you if and you have to go, no, I haven't. Not even. Not even that. I've I haven't listened to it. And, just, and then they're like, "How have you not seen this?" Well, it's like, God, can you yeah. can you yeah. make me want to watch the movie even less now? <laughs> Could well, you possibly like ruin it already before I even see it? Man, I well, you know, I say that a lot, but I only say that because I assume that I'm always the least intellectual in the room and have experienced the least <laughs> amount of stuff. And so, like, well, mm-hmm. if I've seen something or if i've heard something other people have seen that thing too because i'm i'm like surface level stuff right (laughs) despite my uh tone and demeanor i'm the exact same way (laughs) i always assume i'm the dumbest person in the room i mean there have been times when when you know uh well especially with movies and stuff but albums as well when it someone's like oh have you uh yeah, when like this happened in this, and I was like, oh, I haven't seen that. They're like, uh, 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 and they yeah. they, they look at you like you killed an orphan baby. <laughs> yeah, literally, like, uh, without speech, like they they got they're like, I literally can't think of anything to say. I'm flummoxed by your response that you haven't seen this. It's like, man, I used to get that all the time, and it really does. It's like the easiest way to immediately annoy me. Right. And make me and make me not want to watch it or listen to it or anything. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I try so hard to not be that guy, and, but sometimes I am. Yeah, well luckily I I I feel like I've listened to most of the essential like records albums, you know that you're supposed to listen to if you're a fan of music, but in sure. regards to about anything else like movies or TV shows, <laughs> Yeah, you know, it was really weird. I feel like you, the music that you've heard the most of is stuff that no one has heard of. But you know all of, like, the popular stuff. Well, you know, I didn't know, I didn't, I didn't, and I still have not heard any Celine. Uh, Selena. Or Sel- so, oh my god, you haven't heard Selena? No, which you... And I've well, Michael was the most uh, <laughs> upset. He was the most upset about it, and the most personally attacked. 
by my <laughs> ignorance of Selena, which is a big Texas staple, if I remember oh, correctly. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Big deal. Such a big deal that I've never heard one of her songs. I mean, you are not the target demographic. Yeah, right? Just because you're from Texas doesn't like, mean that Selena is a big deal to you. Look yeah. at me. Are you so surprised? No. You, I mean, it's, you, it's you see, impressive I'm, how white you are. I'm getting a sunburn from the light being from, on above From me. the LCD light I have or to t- LED light that you have. Yeah, I have to wear sunscreen whenever I watch TV. <laughs> you put on those, like, suntan goggles that, you know, that people yeah, wear. Like, yeah. you, you have to put those on when you open the fridge. <laughs> You're like, whoo! Like, whoa! Woo! Oh, yeah, it's almost like the light like hits you and you know, it kind of throws you yeah. back a little bit. And then yeah, I take no, out, I can see it. Yeah, I take out a little sriracha and I'm like, ooh, maybe that's that's a little too spicy. And then I yeah. I get the ketchup instead. Mm-hmm. And some people have called ketchup spicy. I mean, day. I get I get the very I get a very light ketchup. A very, you get that, a very yeah. based ketchup. You yeah. water it down a little bit with water. Yeah, I, I yeah pour half of it out, fill the other half with milk, uh, and then I just kind of shake it up. That sounds so gross. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean you 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 put mayonnaise on everything. I know you're white. All right, yeah. I get it. You, you we get, get it. Thirty seven episodes in or whatever, we understand you're white, but. <laughs> Selena, if you don't like, uh, like, Tejano music or like cumbia or any sort of like Latin music, which I think, oh, which I know you do, but this is a very specific brand of it. Uh, you might not even like it, even though like I've, you know, I love her. I mean, I, I was definitely extremely tempted to give her a chance when you rated one of her albums like a nine point eight or something. Yeah, it really blew me away, man. Because I, I, I had heard, like, maybe four or five songs by her before I'd listened and actually listened to an album by her, and that was in 2020. And I'm a fucking, you know, I'm Hispanic. Like, I definitely, you know, that should have been in my repertoire from, like, from the moment it came out. But it wasn't. I didn't listen to, I didn't like music like that for a long time. Yeah. Now I'm a lot more open to that shit, and I fucking, it, that, yeah, that album was really good. Yeah, and I've. I think it's her first one. It's almost it's almost out of spite to spite Michael that I haven't listened to that album. If there's anyone that gets that, it's me. <laughs> that feeling of not wanting to do it just because someone fucking told you to. Just because he had such a severe reaction and was like almost lecturing me. Yeah. You know. I mean, yeah, oh God, yeah, I've been there before. Uh, like Napoleon Dynamite was one that it was just like, I got like, how have you not seen it, dude? You would fucking love it. <laughs> was that like, like in a high school? Yeah. Yeah. And, it, and and guess what? It ruined the movie for me. The first time I saw it, I hated it because everyone told me it was the funniest thing they'd ever seen. You, you can't go into that movie having like a bad judgment with it. No. You, you should you, have like no preconceived notions going into something like Napoleon Dynamite. If you're going into it, expecting you're not going to like the movie, you will not like the movie. Oh, you're going to hate it. It's like the kind of movie that you have to like give it a couple chances for it to grow on you. you exactly. Know? First time I saw it, I hated it. Second time I saw it, I was drunk. And I, and it then <laughs> it helped. was like, holy shit, this is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. <laughs> and I just can't like, one thing, like, I mean, you've heard a ton of Uncle Acid, right? I've heard two albums now. 
Okay, so, alright, so you must be a huge fan of Uncle Acid. I assume you are. And, I mean, had you ever heard this record before we decided to talk about it? No, I had not. The The only record I had heard was the purple one with the chick on it. Or maybe uh, it was Bloodlust. Bloodlust, yeah. And yeah. I, it, it took me a couple tries, but I did eventually grow to like that album. Oh, okay. Well, I can't believe you've never heard this record before, man. Oh, okay. Oh my oh, god. Okay. How so do that's you how like we're doing it? How do you say you're a fan of music? Yeah. If you're not like if you've if you never didn't listen heard to Uncle Acid and the this, Deadbeats. Yeah, like how dude, how do you like how do you get through your day knowing <laughs> you've never heard this record before how we do, decided to talk about it? How do you get yourself up in the morning? You should stop waking up altogether. Yeah. Why do you still brush your teeth? I don't, I don't you, get it. You got clothes on for some reason, as if you're trying to live a life. Yeah, your hair looks like way more done than mine, and I have heard this record many times. <laughs> I have reasons to get up in the morning. I have a life to live. Yeah, thanks to this album. And on that note, what's, what's up, up buddies? buddies? And welcome to another episode of Earbuds, the podcast, where two buds talk about one album for at least one hour we stretch we, we always try and stretch out the time as much as we, <laughs> we can we do not try at all brett it comes insists, very naturally to us brett insists on meandering every <laughs> single episode i am one half of your hosts i am lucas the beefcake Indrakovs, and with me as always is my buddy and my co-host brett Feed and breed, Hanrahan. Yeah. The feeder and the breeder. Look at it. He just he just eats his way through the animal kingdom. <laughs> that's right. And I, the dating scene. If I can't eat them, I breed them. Oh, that's that got that got really dark. Yeah. Really quick. Look, I didn't want it, but this is this is my curse. This is how it if was you, raised. If you can't feed on them, you breed on them. Yeah. Oh boy! Is that, is, is that not what people usually say? Is that not the phrase? Well, it's something that I'm gonna say all the time now. If you can't beat them, breed them. <laughs> <laughs> it's a unique approach to conflict resolution. <laughs> but, I like it. Uh, 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 but a an exciting one. It it's I'm excited for the possibilities of what kind of situation that would put you in in a bar or in a public setting. If you say that to someone, but you know, before we get into that, into Brett's just kinks to all, we're going to get into all of his kinks today, which is, I assume is what the next 40 minutes will be. Yeah. We have to stretch at least 40 more minutes talking about something. Um, but one thing that we can mix into that conversation (laughs) is the album that we listen to and are going to talk about today. And it's called the night creeper by one of my favorite Night stoner, witch. yeah, the, uh, my favorite stoner doom esque throwback metals band, which so many people are doing nowadays, and I feel like Uncle Acid and the Deadbeats do it a little better than everyone. Yeah, I read on their Wikipedia that they use vintage recording equipment and vintage instruments for for their studio sessions to get that vintage sound. Yeah, which um, man, I I love the that dedication 
to it, like really wanting to sound, uh, really wanting to replicate the sound of like 70s metal as much as you can. But uh, it does require a little EQing on your end <laughs> to <laughs> make it sound as good as it could, you mm-hmm. know? Right. Like it doesn't, like there's some serious like bottom end that is missing from the mix of this record. Yeah. I, uh, for reasons that we'll get into later, I listened to this album a lot and never did I really notice the bass at all. No, man. The only time I heard the bass, uh, well, and it sounded great was listening to this in my car. Like I turned on the EQ on Spotify and I put it on the rock EQ, which turns up the bass and the treble. And I think mm. it like brings up the mids a little bit. And, uh, and then I also mess with the EQ of the car. Like this is how much like tweaking I had to do. <laughs> like there was like prep work to get into like listening to this album and it's sounding really good. Yeah. Like even listening to it on my, you know, what I would consider like pretty decent over the ear headphones. It's didn't sound that good. And I don't know why Spotify doesn't have the EQ options on their desktop app. It's only on their phone app. Huh? So I don't have any EQ options. I, I can't like modulate the sound at all or like change the sound at all. On my, on my computer. How, how does that make any sense? Spotify in particular is very weird about their mobile versus desktop functionalities. <laughs> Right? Like, you can only uh, host parties or whatever on the app. You can only... You can you can have Spotify on your computer for free, and you can have it for free on your phone, but you can't pick specific songs on your phone, but you can yeah, on the Yeah, they make computer. you listen to random. Yeah. And it, even if someone sends you a link to one song, it'll sh- shuffle to a recommended song. Which is like probably the most annoying thing I've ever run into in a streaming app. Yeah, I mean, at that point, it's replicating Pandora, and yeah. I never liked Pandora. Like, oh, dude, Pandora ever. was how I got into some of my like first music. I mean, Pandora is a great way for people to hear uh, new music, but at one point, I started realizing how limited their library was. Um, and it was also because like, you know, I was in advertising at the time and of course, you know, Pandora wanted my brand that I was working with to like be on the platform. Like it would be huge for them. Yeah. But, um, I was, I, you know, when I asked, I was, I, I double checked. I was like, it's only the unpaid version of Spotify that hears ads. Right. And they said, yes. And I was just like, have y'all fixed like having to hear the same ad five times in 10 minutes? Like, after every song, you hear the exact same advertisement? Yeah. Like, can you think of a quicker way to get someone to stop using your app? Well, that's what happened to me on Spotify. When I was shuffling shuffling stuff when I was at work, it would just be the same two ads over and over again. And I would angrily lip sync to the ads (laughs) as a way to cope with them happening. Oh my God, dude. I have like the same exact thing that happens to me now because during the pandemic, I've watched more TV in this like short span than I did for like years like before cable combined. television, like, uh, using like streaming services. Ah, so, okay. and those streaming services usually have a really bad problem about 
you see the same ads every commercial break. So for two minutes, you're watching the same, like you're seeing the same ad like four times in an hour or five times in an hour. So like it got, it is now getting to the point where like after I see them enough, I start to like them. Really? And then, dude, yeah. And then me and Christina will like, they become inside jokes with me and Christina because we both watch, like we just watch too much TV. Yeah. Like we'll repeat lines, like that fucking Geico commercial or whatever that is like, don't become your parents, you know, blah, blah. And they, and they have all these examples of like, yeah, right. Of like setting up an email or whatever. Yeah. All right. Who wants to open a PDF? And everyone's like, whoa, whoa. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to try that. You know, like those commercials went from like, oh my God, this is so cringe. Oh my God. I hate this. Uh, I'm starting to love it. And now it's become like half of our inside jokes for the last like two months. It's not healthy. No, I it, definitely not. I, again, it's just a way to cope with the situation you found yourselves in. <laughs> exactly. Stress has been very weird for the last uh, year and a half. Have we... Did we say the name of this album? We did. Uh, I'll repeat it, though. We're... we're have... That's all, only thing that we've been talking about for, the, for this whole podcast has been uh, The Night Creeper by Uncle Acid and the Deadbeats. Um, this is, like the band that got me into like really, really got me into stoner doom metal. I will say that when I think of stoner music, uh, this is the band I think of. It just, is it because of me? <laughs> it's partly because of you, but just because they encapsulate a lot of kind of what was happening in our little stoner scene, you know, right. and even more so, Honestly, like I he- heard more similarities to this band than Black Sabbath for most of the bands that we saw live, which is weird. That is weird because that's basically what Uncle Acid's doing is just ah. ripping that. You know, they're 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 replicating it, but that's why I got I. That's why they're my favorite of the genre because they're the ones that have completely like made it their own and modernized it. You know. Like modernize that sound to where it's just like you hear it and it does sound like it came out whenever this album came out. 2015, you know? Yeah. Despite the vintage equipment and trying to replicate the sound. Like they've been described as Alice Cooper jamming with Black Sabbath and the Stooges. (laughs) Which is pretty goddamn spot on. Yeah, because like these guys have this macabre like kind of goth dark like imagery and themes to all their stuff yeah that's true kind of like occult stuff mixed in there and i don't like macabre stuff like i don't like you know seeing people get hurt or anything like that but i do love horror movies and like you know serial killer documentaries and all right all this crazy shit so, but I, I don't like take pleasure in it or whatever. But like Uncle Acid is the perfect mix of kind of tongue in cheek uh, morbidity. <laughs> tongue in cheek. I I didn't really get any of those vibes uh, on I, this album. Yeah, I mean, so the theme of this record is is what? Uh, people out on the town, baby. Just living, living it up, it up. That, living living after midnight, man. 
what this album is actually about is basically like a Jack the Ripper type story. Yeah. So, like, a lot of the songs are about, like, stalking someone, like, looking for your victim, or, like, I'm now stabbing you and giving you drugs. Yeah, and as we said on, as I said on the Lost Misfits, uh, Famous Monsters episode, it's very cool and original after ten songs. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, what's kind of cool is that they're really good at sticking to the theme, at least. You know, because it is like all of their albums do, at least two of them, are sort of concept records. Like, so this one kind of falls under like the concept record, concept album banner. It, Yeah, I would. It's not a concept record like The Wall is. It's not like it's it's this kind of story you're being led through so much. I don't I don't feel. But yeah, no, it's not like a linear thing, right? Like uh it's more of like telling the tales of like the Jack the Ripper era type of uh you know, like London in the 1800s or 1700s or whatever and just yeah. this this guy who has these fantasies of like killing women and he ends up like killing prostitutes and drugging them and that's how he entices them and you know, and that's all very like on pretty on the nose Jack the Ripper references, yeah. Um, so it's they they really like are good about keeping that theme going, but also having um, this like gritty like seventies just doom metal thing going the whole time. And he his his like the riffs are super catchy on this record. They are they will forcibly be catchy. <laughs> Because it'll be the only thing you hear for the entire song. <laughs> yes. Like, if you don't like the riff that starts the song, uh, you're not going to like the next five and a half minutes, bud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, uh... I, I'm, I'm sure you could probably tell by now, but I do have some uh, not-so-positive things to say about this record, and maybe even this band. Oof. Oh, man. Well, do you mind doing, like, the good and then the bad? Yeah, let's start with the good. Uh, I think the main thing they got going for them is their sound, right? The the tones of the guitars, just the kind of reverb that's the, it, a very specific reverb that's kind of laden over all the songs. The fuzzy vocals, yeah. the fuzzy duo vocals, I guess. Yeah, it sounds like he's definitely recording the part twice. Uh, and it it's like they definitely are heavily affecting his vocals. Yeah, and I... I do think after a while, it becomes less cool. But it's it's all these things that kind of collide into this uh, specific energy and specific vibe that you can get lost in. Yeah, man. Like they really like embrace like the dark side, like really dark themes on this record. And like we were saying, like you do have to for this album to sound the way that I would want it to sound. I we do have to like, you know mess with the dials a little bit but i still loved all the tones across the whole record yeah i i honestly i listened through some earbuds when i listened to my car i couldn't hear any bass i was i was like trying to hear any kick drum at all because i knew like well surely the drummer is hitting the kick drum but i can't hear it uh but surely that's part of the ensemble in my earbuds uh obviously the louder it you play it the better it's gonna sound right 
uh, and just that vintage sounding fuzziness, that almost cheap sounding fuzziness. So like static so, and cheap. It's very staticky, very cool. Uh, and then I gotta have a feeling that they're playing on like a specific pickup on their guitars too to like sound like this. To, right. Like, the more like there there is no bottom end in the guitar. Very yeah. like if anything, it's very I mean, trebly. A whisper of a of a bottom end on that. <laughs> and I would say my favorite parts. My favorite parts of most of the songs were the guitar solos. Yeah, uh, they had some great solos on this record. Because that's... They they always seem to kind of climax the song at the guitar solos. And the guitarist is really good on this record. The tone yeah. is, like, dirty and clean. It's almost kind of like if you put a metal guitarist in a garage and gave him a cheap amp... That's kind of what it would sound like. For sure. Um, yeah, man. His riffage and just tone. Uh, he's the best at this sound. Yeah. And speaking of which, I didn't know how... Uh, I I had no idea the makeup of the band was like it is, which is just... It's basically a one-man... It's basically a solo project, right? Yeah. It's it's the singer of Electric uh, Electric Wizard. Doing his own thing. And it, it just members switching off every couple albums. Yeah, it kind of seems like he either gets people to come in, like studio guys or other you know metal drummers to come in and play the parts that he wrote. Or yeah. they just fucking, no one lasts in this band. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, who knows? every album they have a different lineup because that kind of is what it seems like. It's, and it's, it's so crazy because usually... I can even unconsciously kind of hear when it's a solo project or it's a project like mainly led by one person. And this did not sound anything like that. It sounded like a, just a straight up garage band, uh, yeah. making these songs and maybe, you know, I don't know what the songwriting process is. Uh, but it's, it sounded, it sounded like a band. It sounded, it had that kind of cohesion, as well as that variety in the uh, instruments. Yeah, I would say, like, you know, as much as I say how much I love the riffs on this record, because they're all really catchy. Like you said, like, they be, they're earworms because, like, you hear it for five minutes straight. Like, I don't know how many times I was just humming the riffs, like, while walking around. But also, like, there isn't a, there isn't a level of musicianship on this record that I don't think anything that they do is going to blow you away. Yeah, I would say th there was one specific song with the drummer and the guitar solos. I mean, it wasn't anything that would blow you away, like technic technical wise, right? But I appreciated the emotion that went into those solos. Yeah, the solos are pretty fucking good on this record, man. I think uh, uh, also like... Again, it's because all the songs are mid-tempo, too. So there's not really... The drummer is really just... Dun, dun, ka, dun, 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 yeah. Ka, like, he's just kind of keeping that beat going. I don't know if there was one fill uh, on the whole record that was like... Dun, 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 even that level of... 
like complexity no, not at did all. not show up at all in his record so but uh, uh the but the guy it is one guy he writes all of them and so he's really good at it the track inside actually impressed me with it, it's kind of a a shuffle a swing kind of feel and the drummer yeah. does those little which is that not remind you of a queens of the stone age song a little bit yeah it has the that kind of bluesy it's it was like the most basic riff on the record and uh one that from the like for the first minute i'm like wow i hate this riff and then at, by the end of the song, I was like, that was probably the most different song on the record because of the riff and what the drummer was doing. And it totally does, like, show that they can play something else, you know? Yeah. I mean, th- this riff involved a lot of, like, one hit kind of bat, 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 whereas most of the other songs are kind of long, held out notes, chords, power chords and stuff. Yeah, you know, I gotta say, man, like it—it it does seem like every album has had a different bassist and a different drummer. So, I think he just pulls guys in. Um, so you would think that, like, because their sound changes slightly. Like by this point, this is their third record. Like this sounds different than Bloodlust, which is their first one. And like Mind Control, I would say had a different tone on it. Also, I'd say Mind Control is probably like the most bass-heavy album of theirs. And then the record that came out after this, uh, I think it's called Wasteland. That one was like, I think you would probably like that one the most. Yeah. Um, it's way faster. Uh, a lot like they, they definitely bring in more of like the, the power metal stuff of the seventies oh. into it. Like more of the Judas priest type, like rhythm and, and, uh, like speed to the songs. Yeah. So like, I think you would probably like that one more than this record. Um, but yeah, man, like, again, even though it's like, like we said, like you kind of have to mess with the EQ. Yeah, it's, it still sounds great. And I just love like the horror aspect and like foundation of like all the lyrics and all the, all their artwork and all their songs. Like it just has this gritty, like, yeah, what do they call it? Like grindcore horror movie <laughs> vibe. And I fucking love it. Their, their album art is definitely it definitely has a theme of like kind of silhouetteness to it and flat colors. Uh, it looks old. Yeah, it looks old. It looks like an old like 60s movie poster a little bit. Right, the cover of the Night Creeper is my favorite cover of theirs. I fucking love it so much. It's like an old school looks like a British police officer, but he's all in black and red. And the Night Creeper, those like classic old horror, you know, that old horror script and the moon and all this stuff. It's just so, all of it is just like, man, aesthetically, it's like between the tone and the artwork and their merch and their lyrics. I love everything about their vibe. Like, I never really read along with the lyrics uh, to this record before we listened to it for the podcast. And they add like so much more to the theme of the album. (laughs) Well, I imagine, yeah. Like, you know, I can, you can understand most of what he's saying, but a lot of it, like, I didn't really catch. And I think they might be, like, you know, some people might consider the lyrics, like, kind of simple. Like, maybe. Like, it's not, like, really, you know, next-level stuff. <laughs> but they perfectly capture, like, the vibe and the theme, and they're pretty dark. 
So like accompanying the music with it, I think they they're perfect. I think definitely reading the lyrics without the music was it did look like it was kind of simple and yeah, kind of right? something that didn't take too much thought, but it makes so much sense with the music and how the singer delivers those lyrics. And yeah, it doesn't sound sure. nearly as simple or cheesy uh, in the song. Yeah, in context, they're fucking cool, man. They're just like dark and like morbid and and clever. Um, but man, I if you don't like this dude's vocals, there's no way that you like their music. You can't you can't get past the vocals. No, I mean that's it, it, aside from the riffs, it is the other like rock steady mainstay of this band are those vocals that fuzz that he puts on it the kind of two voices being on it the uh about three note range that he has (laughs) yeah yeah there's probably a couple of songs on here that i think he like actually sounds like a decent singer uh and those would be like melody lane i think he actually like was doing some real singing on that one and uh, slow death. Yeah, slow death. Those two, I was just like, okay, you're actually doing something here. Yeah, it's it's not really anything very emotional. I would say the the vocals never. I he doesn't know. waver. You know, he doesn't get especially excited or even like bring it down at all. He's singing at the same register. <laughs> Yeah. The whole album. He's kind of just staying in that same place. And I don't... It's definitely better than it could have been. I could imagine many other bands delivering the vocals like he does and it getting old much quicker. Yeah, uh, I think the I think the effects on the voice help a lot in uh, making it sound fresh. But I... I, I did... I listened to Bloodlust before I even had a first listen to this album. Uh-huh. And it was just, it sounded so exactly the same to me that... Like it, every song? Yeah. It's it yeah. just every song. And, you know, the, the, the band didn't really change up too much musically or tonally, uh, production-wise. Right. Uh, and I thought some of the songs on Bloodlust were catchier than this one. Oh wow i thought this was one of i thought there was this was their catchiest album when it came out yeah yeah uh I, it might be the riffage to be honest like because that is what i sing most of like when i'm listening to right this record and and that's what sticks around with me the most um but i will say like i feel like their sound is more dynamic on this record than on bloodlust also yeah there was uh there were a couple instrumental tracks right yeah yellow moon is like so cool yeah and it has uh like some it has like a not quite an orchestra near the end but uh they add a couple more instruments that you wouldn't really see on any other uncle acid song yeah and using like a a really cool it sounds like a synthesizer uh like oboe or clarinet (laughs) or something yeah Right. Uh, very interesting, or maybe a bassoon, you know, like very interesting sound. And it just gives it such a great vintage old school feel of like those 60s horror scores, you know? 
Mm. Uh, and the clean guitars are nice. Like, that's the first clean guitar that you hear on the record. And they have this, like, really nice, like, that little... <laughs> like type of thing that's like very Pink Floyd. Yeah. You know? as, as soon as that happened, I was like, oh, wait a second. <laughs> yeah, like two minutes in, it's like, oh, they're clearly doing. I was there are some clear Pink Floyd pulls on yeah. this whole record. Yeah. I, as soon as it, I, I got midway through Yellow Moon, I went on their Wikipedia. I'm like, which one's pink? You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, real quick, uh, which one's pink? Which Which one of y'all is? Because I know there's Uncle Acid. Yeah, I know, I know him. He's the uncle. He's the uncle. And you're then the, you're the baby. There's the there's the uh, the other person in Uncle Acid's family that majored in like stomach trouble and acid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, you have uh, and acid. They call her uh, Maylox. Just yeah. for uh, yeah, just <laughs> her maiden name. Yeah, her yeah her uh, middle name is Pepsi AC. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then you have the son, who's the baby, who's on drums, um, and they call him Baby Antacid, which is nice. Which is, you know, it's confusing a little bit. Yeah, I didn't know that baby's got uh, heartburn. Yeah, well, you know, they they're they're just doing so much. They're screaming all the time. It makes sense. Yeah, you know, they're, I, they're I, so stressed, right? Like you, it makes sense that it's just like, oh, it's heartburn. Like I I get heartburn, and it's the worst. Yeah, it's the worst, and it sucks to know that certain foods that you love give you heartburn. So then that's like, then you have to, you know, sleep at night knowing like, well, now I can't eat garlic, something I Dang. love. You know, which would probably honestly like, Uncle Acid sounds like like the his character, his singing character, his vocalist character sounds like like garlic would repel him. <laughs> <laughs> he, he yeah. It, it, from all the, he can't take a silver bullet. He, uh, it, yeah. He can't let the light shine on him. Don't invite him into your home ever. Yeah, right. He has to be invited everywhere he goes. It makes touring like really difficult. Oh my god, it's just, and people are always like, "Why do I have to invite him?" And please just invite him in. Like we don't have the time. Yeah, can you? He's not gonna hurt you. We all, you know, we we've been safe. Like, have you ever heard of a, a horror movie called Uncle Uncle Peckerhead? <laughs> I have not. It's a really great uh, kind of zombie horror movie where uh, this punk band is like trying to go on this like mini tour and they pick up a hitchhiker on the way and he's like, just call me Uncle Peckerhead. And they all like, they love him and he's like super cool and super nice and really like, they, he, he watches the van for them when they're like going into the venue, you know, etc. And, uh, but at night he becomes a zombie and he eats people. Oh, Okay. But he can choose who he eats. He has, like, the autonomy to, like, choose who he's going to eat. So he chooses not to eat the band, you know? But once they... Then it's, like, the rest of the movie is them, like, knowing that he becomes a zombie. And anyway, it's a very, like, cool punk rock horror movie that I would recommend. And it, that's what... It, we just kind of... I remember, you know, talking about Uncle Acid being a vampire. I'm like, oh, yeah, there's another movie that's kind of like this. Have you... You've never seen Uncle Peckerhead, dude? Yeah, I, you know, uh, I knew that was coming. No, oh never, my god, I'm dude! I'm sorry, I haven't seen what? Uncle Peckerhead. What the fuck, man? Yeah, I know. What the fuck, man? <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me, man? What, dude? You've never, you've never seen the band a single piece of toilet paper, dude? Yeah, of course I have. No, my dad is in the band. Uh, yeah, dude. yeah, well, fucking. 
I have to get on you about something. So stop. Yeah, stop doing Skinny that. Mike is my dad. It's Skinny Mike. <laughs> Skinny Mike is my dad, dude. <laughs> uh, I mean, Average Mike is probably my favorite guy in the band. Yeah, I mean, he's the most modest. Aver- yeah, the averagely proportioned Mike. He's probably the coolest one. Like, in interviews, he seems like the coolest one. He's, like, super chill. He's very down-to-earth, very chill. Average Michael, they call yeah. him. He only smokes mids. Yeah. He's like, I just want average weed. <laughs> just don't give me any of the good stuff. Yeah. Don't give me any I don't want any, Budweiser. Any yeah. I, but I don't want Stella Artois either. You know, just like, <laughs> what's an average, a nice average craft brew? A Dosec, a Pabst. A Dos Equis. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, you know, so I, I, I'm done gushing about this record. Like, clearly, I really liked it. And, like, I do feel like it's a lot more dynamic than the stuff that they put out prior to this. Um, and I think that there was enough change throughout the song. Some songs are heavier than others. Others are just kind of, like, you know, pretty uh, riff-driven. Some, like, do the chuggies. You know, and and uh, I like how they, he kind of switched it up on this, and I really love the the themes and everything. So, you know, I I don't know if you have anything more good to say about this record. Uh, let me think. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> You're like I got nothing else in my notes, but yeah, put me on the spot. Let me see. Maybe I'll I'll think of something. Uh, uh the n- the name of the band is cool. Uh, yeah. That is probably one of the coolest parts of the band is the name. <laughs> uh, yeah, that might that might be all my all my good talk about them. Let's get into the bad man. I'm I'm very curious. All right. Well, I wanna I wanna preface it by saying I've always been really bad with stoner music, right? Like, yeah. I don't think you like repetitive stuff, and I think that's kind of a thing in stoner music, especially stoner metal. Yeah. yeah. I. It's just like. It's just I have this filter in me where I I don't have a palette. I don't have as refined a palette as all you people. It, you people. Oh, my God. We're, uh, you, you keep getting racial. <laughs> well, I'm white. What do you expect? Yeah, God, you just we get it. You're white. <laughs> uh, no one cares, Brett. We're all fine with it. And just that I've I. I, like I don't hear what y'all hear. It's as simple as that. Is that when I hear these eight-minute-long songs from these bands we see live, and they mm-hmm. just have their heads down and they play the same riff and they do the same vocals, I just don't have the patience for it. You know, I think um, I think there's a scientific. There might be a scientific reason why I like live stoner and doom metal because. I, I don't listen to that stuff um, just chilling out most of the time. It is boring. Like, <laughs> it does get really repetitive. There's very... When I first got into stoner metal, uh, I wanted just... I was just, like, ingesting everything. I was just, like... <laughs> I was listening to everything. And it was all so new and fresh to me that I loved all of it. And after, like, the years went by, especially, like, playing in Mortalis, I started getting, like, a more refined stoner and doom palette. Like, I started finding, like, what I actually like. You know, mm. the, the honeymoon phase was over after a while. <laughs> so I started going back and being like, oh, wow, I really fucking hate that now. Like, something I loved, like, a year ago. So um, I think there's a reason, though, why I like it live a lot when I wouldn't normally listen to it 
on my own or you know at, at home and it's because there's some some study came out recently that says that the human body the reason that we like having subwoofers in the car and the reason that we uh like really bassy music is because there's something about the frequency of the bass that like calms us really we get like a chemical reaction in the brain from the bass shaking your like going like literally the frequency going through your body like you we have some sort of chemical reaction to it not everyone but the people that do feel that it's like that's what's happening it's like there is a weird chemical scientific biological reason why people like having subwoofers yeah well in how fucking trippy is that (laughs) and i guess the scientific reason for not liking stoner music is because i'm i'm not a stoner that probably has so much to do with it. Like, it's so much easier for me to trance out and just fucking space out to a nine-minute song when I'm high. Well, you know what? I'll tell you what, man. Uh, it was... This isn't a bad album. And these aren't bad songs. But I, I listened to this album <laughs> six times in the last week. Oh, dude, why? That's a lot of times. I'll tell you. It's because I could not focus on the music a oh. single time. I, I tried so hard because I know this band is important to you. So, oh, buddy. I, mean, I, I listened to it three times today. Just trying to, just trying to <laughs> focus and trying to uh, think of differences between the songs. <laughs> it sounds really That's, insulting. No, it actually sounds really sweet. To be honest, it's just like that's that's really thoughtful that you are just trying hard to give this this album an honest shot. Well, because you know, I never want to be left out of stuff. There, I obviously want to enjoy all the music we listen to. Yeah, I mean, you you got found, major FOMO. I found every time I got to like song four of this album, my mind had completely wandered off, and yeah. I had missed like a song and a half, and that would happen every time. And I can only. But was it because you weren't paying attention, or was it because you got lost in it, brother? It's because I just. Here's the thing: the repetitiveness of the tones never change, the vocals never change, the riffs stay the same throughout the entire song, the drums aren't doing anything different. There's usually two riffs a song. It's about two riffs and three parts a song. Exactly. Pretty much every song. Yeah. Yeah. And so that going through the entire album in my unrefined palette of not really paying as much attention to those subtle differences as other mm-hmm. people, uh, it was like listening to, you know, how long can you focus on static, you know? <laughs> right. It's like the Charlie Brown teacher thing. It's like... Man, I could see that, and I think, but that's I think for me, that's part of the appeal is I do get kind of like when I'm high and I'm listening to this, the repetitiveness is a little hypnotic. It has that effect on me. Yeah, well, you know, in in any other context, I would have liked this album a lot better, but because I wanted to be critical about it and talk about it on the podcast, you're trying so hard to pay attention. <laughs> this was probably the worst scenario to give this album a good chance. Uh, right. And and does that mean that you, six times, you probably paid attention to the first two tracks the most? So those are the ones that, like, are just burned in your brain and everything else just kind of faded out? Honestly, the first two tracks are not burned into my brain. <laughs> Would you skip them at least? No. 
Oh, okay. Uh, I would. Is it because none of this is burned in your brain? Because because <laughs> uh, it's it, all the same. It's all the same. <laughs> Not as it's it's really. It was really hard for me to pick some choice nugs, because uh, everything was so similar to me. Right. And. I'm not surprised, I'll, man. Yeah, I I'll, I would yeah. listen to the first couple songs, and when the instrumental came in, it was like, oh, okay. And then, like, another part of some song would come in, and like, oh, hey there. And then I would realize that I'm seven songs in, and I don't right. remember. The la- like, I'm I'm just, like, looking at the wall. I'm like, oh. Uh, yeah, and it took that many songs for, for something uh, unusual to happen <laughs> for you to go, oh. I even. Oh, they did something different. On the last on the last listen through, I literally got my notes out on my phone, which is something I've never done for the podcast. I've never needed to take notes, and halfway through the notes, I stopped taking notes. Oh man, dude! The last track—I'm not sure if you have the bonus track on the one that you yes, were listening. Yes, I have okay. the bonus track. So what what normally would be the last song on this record without that bonus track is called "Slow Death." Yeah. And the first thing I wrote was, this probably best describes Brett's experience listening to this album. <laughs> a slow death. A slow death. Because uh, it's like, you hear the first song and you're like, okay, like, all right, that wasn't, you know, that's not that bad. And then you hear the next one, you're like, oh, that was pretty similar. And then you hear the next one, you're like, oh, no. the whole <laughs> This whole album <laughs> is going to sound like this. But, I mean, there, like we said, there are songs like Yellow Moon. Uh, and and inside that I think are the two that really break up the the that sound the monotony the monotony which I wouldn't I wouldn't call it monotonous but you would yeah, uh, yeah. for sure and it's it's weird because not to not to get into Narnug so soon but slow death is one of my choice nugs it is time it is time it is time for choice nugs it is time. It is time. It is time for choice nuts. Really? Yeah. Uh, uh, shit. I I like the the spaciness of it. The guitar tone is very cool. The slow kind of gradual buildup that it has. Yeah. Is, is yeah. cool at the end. It's of a the very song. different song on the record. It's and, it like I love that really simple guitar part. The bling bling bling. And that's like it for yeah. like the first three minutes, which is weird because I like fast stuff. I like energetic stuff, and this right. is like the second least energetic song in the album, and it's also one of my favorites. Which is, it's just like I don't know how to explain it, but it is what it is. I think it's because it's one of the most. My assumption for your choice nugs were going to be the songs that were the most different on the record. And mm-hmm. so it's not, it doesn't surprise me that Slow Death is one of those because it is like probably next to Yellow Moon, the slowest song and the quietest song on the record. Right. Um, it's nine minutes long, but it's not really nine minutes long. It's like more like five minutes long, probably. I mean, yeah, the, like the last minute and a half is just silence, if I remember yeah. correctly. I think indicate like, the death. I yeah, see. it's it's a cool it's a cool idea, right? So it's like apparently it's like sung from the perspective of of a potential victim that's like bring, being preyed upon by the the night creeper, hmm. and so it's them kind of the lyrics are them you know saying like I wish I had a window to look out to watch 
to look out of to watch the rain go by. I wish I had this. I wish I had that. So it's apparently like the victim kind of reflecting on their like last wishes before their imminent death. Yeah. Right. So it's this really, really cool, creepy vibe, the whole song. And yeah, the last, so the silence at the end is supposed to be the, the narrator or the person's perspective in the song dying. And I find, I thought it was really funny, the imagery that I put in my head <laughs> of someone <laughs> kind of singing the song and immediately when the music's done, they get killed. And it's like, how, how did she know she was about to get killed? How, uh, yeah, come on. You can't do your own foreshadowing. Yeah, that's not how this works. Like, this isn't, <laughs> that's not how life is. Uh, but yeah, that part at the end where it's, it's so slowly more and more instruments and noises are coming in. And yeah. it, it, it just other guitars. And that cool piano part. That yeah, just kinda, right. Just kind of starts happening. It's just like little twinkles. And then all of a sudden it's like this electric piano part with like this. It sounds like also a grand piano playing just very lightly yeah. for the whole rest of the song. It's really that once that I started noticing it, that started becoming my favorite part of the song was all the <laughs> piano. the These really light piano keys. Really cool. And like the guitar riff that plays along with it um, is really, really awesome. Very cool, chill, like 70s, like Pink Floyd psych vibes on this song in right. the music yeah mm. that was that was the the most influence i found on this record was from like pink floyd yeah i would i there's a lot of uh theatricality to this music mm. like there's even uh there, there's on, a sense of of grandiose yeah this. like on the song downtown they even have like i i don't know if they took the riff straight from phantom of the opera but it's like that do 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 yeah right do 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 and it's like they're playing that riff for a while on on downtown and I was just like wow they're like it does kind of have the that that theatricality of like a a dark side or a, or the wall you know yeah yeah I, I, it was a very cool duo riff that song yeah for sure and that's one thing that I like a lot about the riffs um, is that. Almost all every time, they'll he'll play it one guitar, and then after four measures, they bring in a harmonized guitar playing the same riff. And sometimes it's harmonized power chords, sometimes it's just single note riffs or whatever, like single string stuff. But it always sounds cool to me. I like I fall for it every single time. <laughs> and there's not much of that on Slow Death at all. But I do think that Slow Death has some of the better vocals, the most the more dynamic vocals on the record. Which is, I mean, the vocals make up about 30 seconds of the song. <laughs> right. And I would say he's doing more different things in those 30 seconds <laughs> than he does on most of the rest of the album. Right. Yeah. Yeah, cool. I did not think that Slow Death was going to be one of your choice nugs at all. Me neither. <laughs> but yeah. here we are. Yeah. Look at us now. Look at us now. Look at me now, Dad. <laughs> what was your other one? Um, my other one. Well, real quick, I'll do mine first. So, uh, I like Pusher Man is one of mine. Pusher Man. Yeah. That one, at first, when I got the record, uh, I thought it was going to be a cover of the Curtis Mayfield song, Pusher Man. Mm. The, you're a Pusher Man. 
Don't ask no questions why. The only word you know is do or die. And it definitely isn't. And it's not, but I thought it'd be so cool to hear a stoner doom rock cover of that song, but it's not, and I was very upset when I first listened to it. Well, if you want something done right, bud. Yeah, alright, so are we doing this? Yeah, just go ahead and uh, get in your studio, I'll get in mine. Uh, We'll just kind of sync up, we'll record at the same time. Oh my god, listen to that, listen to that car. Oh, is that an FG50 engine? Dude, that is a solid six-cylinder, brah. That guy, that guy feeds or breeds for sure. <laughs> he feeds or breeds. He's part of. He's part of the group. <laughs> I sh- I'm gonna go chase him down real quick. I'll be right back. Yeah. <laughs> he's running on his little tippy toes. All right. Uh, he's actually pretty cool. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, his name's Chad. Of course. Chad Travi McCoy. I think that was his full name. Okay, now wait a second. Did you notice if he was the singer for Gym Class Heroes? He was the singer of Gym Class Heroes. Wow, okay. Whoa. He drives a 93 Mitsubishi uh, Eclipse. Is that impressive? I mean, it had a super loud exhaust on it, so I think I'm supposed <laughs> to be impressed by that. Yeah, right? That's. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, he's super cool. I got his number, but he told me, he was like, dude, I heard that y'all were about to start talking about Pusher Man. That's my favorite song on that record, too. Really? Yeah. Wow, Travi McCoy of Gym Class Heroes. Like, is Pusher Man, is that his favorite song? Or just he one? He said of that's his favorite song. That's of what all that time? song. Yeah, that song got him to. He wrote the whole Paper, wow. Cut, Paper Cut Chronicles after he heard this song. I didn't know he had such bad taste in music. Uh, no, we have the same bad taste in music. I didn't know that. Also, it's crazy. I knew he. I knew the singer of Gym Class Heroes had bad taste in music. Like, let's be honest. <laughs> the uh, Paper Cut Chronicles came out about ten years before this album. Yeah, uh, but Uncle Acid, the uncle of the band, he yeah. he wrote that song. Like, he wrote all these songs in like '96 or something. It, we just weren't ready for him back then, right? He knew we weren't ready. Right. He was. He was like 16, and he was like, you know what? Not yet. Not soon. Every time he would step into the studio, he would just stop and he would look around and he goes, you know. (laughs) Doesn't feel right. It's not. This isn't the time. (laughs) Not here, not now. But getting back to Pusher Man, Brett. Yeah, tell me what you and Travi liked about Pusher Man. For fuck's sake. Well, Travi told me that he he was like, yo, it's another, it's a super repetitive riff. Right? Now, 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 now. And that's crazy. And that's crazy for Uncle Acid. It's like, they never do that. Um, but also, like, it gets stuck in both of our heads. And um, it has a pretty... I really like the guitar part. The the lead... Yeah. These really, like, shimmery guitars and these... Awesome group vocals, like how Pink Floydy like yeah. are those group vocals, man. I thought those those backing vocals were were very <laughs> nice. <on that> one. <laughs> like, and what's cool too is that it's probably the heaviest song at this point on the record. It's like number four, I think. And dude, that chorus like goes 
horde. Oh yeah, the the drummer's bashing on those drums. He is smacking those cymbals, dude. Like he's, you know, he might he might not be pay, playing anything especially impressive, but he's like fucking wailing. Like it seems like the guitars are wailing on this one too. Oh yeah, for sure. Really like it. And is uh I could be completely wrong about this, but like near the end of the song, I think is that a cat a cat scratch fever reference? Dude, it definitely sounds like a, a Ted Nugent e riff, right? I mean, it sounds like cat scratch fever. It's like like it just uh, sounds like the song. Y- it does, yeah. It's like and they're doing that thing where it's like they're playing the you know maybe like the D string and the G string at the same time. So it has that kind of like twangy little yeah. more like up on the neck feel. Um, yeah. I love that riff, but it is so yeah. Ted Nugent esque. It almost, it almost makes me think he came up with it and he's like, dude, this riff is so sick. So dope. He recorded it and his engineer's like, Hey man, that's like a Ted Nugent riff. And he was like, it's so good though. I'm not gonna, I don't care. Yeah. He's like, just put it at the end of the song then. Just put it at the end of the song, then they won't notice that. They won't notice it. (laughs) They don't know what they're listening to, those animals. Is that what Uncle Acid sounds like, Lucas? Have you talked to him a lot? Yeah, yeah. I interviewed him right before we started recording this podcast. You couldn't get him on the podcast, huh? No, he didn't want to be on this podcast. He wanted to be on my other one where I interviewed um, celebrities. Could Could I, like, come on that? Wait, you... What? What is this? I only interview celebrities on that podcast, dude. I, like, how did I never know about this? You know, you act like you don't know. Every time I bring it up, you're like, whoa, 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 what? And I'm like, yes, you know this, man. And you're like, no, why aren't, why aren't I ever on it? And I go, you're not a celebrity. And to that I say, uh, okay, rude and wrong. Yeah, well, I mean... Brett, it's okay to admit you're a nobody. All hey, right. I got a sub 17 second cup stack routine just today, sir. So I think you better watch your words when you say that I'm not a big shot. <laughs> I mean, all of our videos of our podcast are, if you combine all the views, they're almost at a thousand. So <laughs> that's right. You know, like, so, uh, I feel like once you hit the thousand mark, that's what I mean, man. Like, I feel bad because I really want to have you on the podcast, but like, I really need you to hit that thousand view count, bud. Mm-hmm. I well, really I mean, am going to need that. God, that, that turnstile episode is so close. It's so close, buddy. I mean, if you well, can just get there for me, <laughs> just trying, get there for me. I'm trying my hardest. It's at 978. I mean, get tell a couple friends, tell your mom to watch it a few more times. I I mean, I guess I got it. I guess I have to try. I really want to be on that podcast. Well, because you yeah. have hundreds of thousands of downloads on that one every day. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I just, I'm sure people listening want to know the name of the podcast. I'm not here to, you know, <laughs> this is just a totally different thing. I'm here to hang out with my nobody friend, Brett. And, it, you know, just you know, talk about music. And, and look, you, you know, don't... It, you don't want to infect your successful podcast with people that listen to right. this one. I'm not trying to cross pollinate. Yeah. Right. You know? I feed on this podcast. I breed on my other one. 
that podcast fucks. Uh, so back to uh, is that is that about it for Pusher Man? Did we hit on Pusher Man well enough? Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to end it with uh, yeah, Uncle Acid is from Cambridge, so that's why they talk like this, right? Yeah, I'm the uncle. I'm the uncle night creep. No, I'm the uncle Acid. It would probably be more more up there then. Yeah, I. Uh, when his vocals are. Yeah, how can you eat your meat? <laughs> you can't eat your meat if you don't have any pudding. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was that they were trying to force them to eat pudding. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, what would you say is your second? Well, actually, I do have my second nug. If you want to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. Let's keep going with the back and forth, man. I love this repertoire. It's it's just this kind of like I toss it to you, you toss it to me kind of thing. Yeah, we have such wanna, good banter. I don't want you to ruin that. So, mm-hmm. uh, this is my second nug is gonna be the second song on the record, which is Murder Nights. Murder Nights. A very. That's, it sounds like a Six Flags event. <laughs> and it very may well be. Come this Sunday to Murder Nights. M- Murder Six Flags. Nights. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. The intro is super cool with multiple guitars and the sounds and the drums the do one of the one of the four fills that they have on this record with those toms Which is hitting them toms. Do, 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 yeah. do. that's Comes that's right all in. that's the fill. It's pretty dope. <laughs> I'd, it'd probably be in my top three on the record. It's you know? that fill. Oh man, yeah. Uh, that was the one that I, that I just like looked at Christina. We both went like. <sighs> Ooh, like ooh, okay, like Neil Pert much? Yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, I didn't know Neil Pert's in Uncle Acid now. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. I didn't know they were letting Thomas Pridgen in on the tracks. <laughs> I ex- I know who that person is, dude. You don't know Thomas Pridgen? Uh, no, I do. Name three of his songs. Uh, fucking murder nights for one. Like I don't know if you knew, but he, he is <laughs> that on this song. That he was a gimme. He is on this song. You didn't know that. Yeah, you didn't know. know Tommy Bridgen was on the fucking <laughs> Tom- on the skins. <laughs> That's what his friends call him, Tommy Bridgen. Old Tommy Bridge. Uh, murder nights is a very hard song. Uh, yeah, I love that riff, man. Yeah, that kind of It's like so like droney and like so catchy. Uh but I'll tell you the reason that this is my second nug is because of I guess the outro of the song mm. is what you call it when oh, yeah. everything drops and, and the drummer goes to the Tom doing that kind of jungle groove. Okay, so he does do that part. I forgot about that part on this record. It's very cool. That Latin-y kind of Caribbean feel. Yeah, and there's like a shaker going along with it. Yeah. It's a very, very cool shift in the music. And comes out of nowhere. Yeah, right. And and there's like the, the singer's doing whatever he's doing. And a guitar comes in at the same time. And it, it just seems like there's a lot of cool stuff going on at the same time. Yeah. Uh, and then it's as, awesome. uh, with every other thing and every other uncle acid song, it overstays. It's welcome. Uh, yes, it is only five minutes and 13 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, but yeah, it, it's a very cool song. Uh, this first song was also a contender. Uh, for for choice nug uh, as well as 
uh, let me get to the list here. It's it, dude, it's so hard because for whatever reason, my streaming service YouTube Music does not have this record on it, save for one song. Uh, so I'm on YouTube, and every YouTube video that makes no sense. Uh, they use Uncle Acid in the Deadbeats, and the title is too long for me to see the name of the song. Oh my god, <laughs> that's funny. Uh, so you're you're like uh, number seven. <laughs> yeah. You're like what's what's forty three minutes into the record? I'm like god damn it. Uh, <laughs> inside, I guess I don't know. I don't, whatever. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I love Murder Nights. I think that that outro is super cool, and yeah, they don't do anything like that on the rest of the record. That kind of that no. Latin-y breakdown. Yeah. And so I was I was just anytime they did something. Look, I don't want to bag on the band the whole time. Like, obviously, they found something that works that people love. You love it. Yeah, me being one of them, I love it. And, like, I, like, I know people like it. It's just not my thing. Uh, I don't want to be all. I don't want to be all angry video game nerd over here. Yeah, you're being so like boomerish i'm getting such boomer I'm, energy I'm, from you right i'm now. being i'm being a little bit of a boomer over here you're like they're too loud <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm the boom king <laughs> yeah why don't you go back and listen to flight of the concords for the rest of your fucking well you life. know what maybe i will maybe if someone finally made a stoner parody comedy duo band the then f- i the fourth I, best one in the u.s <laughs> yeah the fourth best in the austin uh, regional circuit. I would say that was my college band, 474. We were the fourth best. Well, and you were not in uh, Austin because the area code is 512. Thank you very much. It's true. Yeah, we got fourth best in region. All right, I'm just just give me that at, at least. All right, fine. We won best in region. <laughs> uh, what was your second best on album of this? Yeah, I think... Uh, I, you know, had the opposite problem as you. I kind of had a hard time picking my second choice now because there are so many that I love just the same. You know, they're they're all my children and I love them all as equally. But I went back and forth between a couple and it was first going to be Murder Nights because I really like that song. Mm. Um, but then I changed it to Melody Lane. Melody Lane. It, it, it seems like it's probably one of the singles off this record. I think it was, I would say it's probably one of the catchier songs on the record, too. Seeing as it had a music video and it's the only song available on YouTube Music on this album. Oh, yeah, there you go. It had to have been a single. Um, Man, but just such a great, simple main riff. Like, bam, 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 bam. (laughs) And then it gets chuggy and is very simple. Just like it's it's very like just driving and chuggy it's like a locomotive man and uh and it's super fucking heavy those chuggy parts are like just hit so hard yeah and you also said this was one of the uh songs where the vocalist kind of varies it up the most yeah when he's going like uh He's actually singing like the melody lane, like singing the chorus. I think the chorus is awesome when he's like, <laughs> like that's so like, is that Aussie? It's 
sounds very yeah, Aussie to me. It, it does have a bit of an Aussie feel about it. And then he does the melody lame. Like this kind of like, you know, actually kind of singing a little bit. I'm like, that. I liked that. That stood out to me. Yeah. It's so sure. catchy. It's such a catchy chorus. And I, yeah, and I love that like really heavily like flangered or chorused like lead guitar during the chorus, and it's like brow brow brow, but it sounds like wah 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 wah. Yeah, yeah. It's just such like my little stony fucking brain just starts feeding and breeding, brother. Feeding and breeding. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's some definite. Honorary mentions for me. I love yep. Yellow I love Yellow Moon. I love that song. Yeah. I thought it was a great instrumental. Really great instrumental. Uh and I, I liked uh The Night Creeper. It's probably my favorite riff on the record, actually on is on the Night Creeper. Um yeah. but my least favorite chorus. <laughs> and but also probably some of the coolest lyrics. So that was really hard for me, like go back and forth on that one because I was just like, God damn, like this is my favorite riff, but I hate the chorus. I fucking hate the chorus on Night Cooper. <laughs> Dang. Seems and Inside's like almost, great. Oh, sorry, go ahead. It seems like you almost could have had a favorite Uncle Acid song if that chorus hit. Dude, for real. I mean, it's definitely like, there are my the favorite lyrics and favorite riff. Uh, and just everything else just kind of didn't didn't work. But I, I love Inside and I love Slow Death. Uh, Black Motorcade, I felt like it's a bonus track and it's not really worth it listening too much but yeah it kind of did what slow death already did yeah slow death made sense as an outro yeah so why i don't see why you even would have it as a bonus track i feel like it could have taken it could have been a nice change of pace during the album but whatever yeah i think it's just very basic riffage um you know it's the production isn't isn't especially great like Having the only song that you're, is acoustic on the whole record and not having, like, a great tone on the acoustic uh, yeah, you know, right. kind of doesn't really make it worth it to me. I want to start, uh, for the first time ever, asking you, what was your least favorite song on this record? Oh, boy. Um, well, the th- <laughs> you know, the thing that I kept running into is that it was so hard for me to separate all these songs from each other from being just an amalgamation sure of stuff and god dang it it's so hard to look at the names of these songs on this website (laughs) uh but my least favorite one i think it was probably uh inside if I'm being honest, even though it was kind of different, it just kind of fell off anything that would really attach to me. Yeah, that's interesting because I, I I thought that was going to be one of your choice nugs. Because it's very Queens of the Stone-ish and almost kind of punky. Yeah, you know? and it had the most interesting drums on the entire record. Right, for sure. And, but I feel like they did at one point, like around like minute two thirty, it's like they slowed it down, and it was very subtle. But I, I felt like the drums were like, oh, like he realized he was getting a little too excited, and they kind of slowed it down over the course of like maybe just a few seconds. But it really stood out to me, and I was just like, why did they keep that take? <laughs> like, 
it kind of took me out of the song when I realized like, whoa, it feels like there was like a tape delay or something kind of like lagged for a second. And I was just like, they probably just slowed it down. And that's kind of, it was kind of a weird choice. Yeah. I mean, it could have just been like, they really liked everything else on the take and they thought no one would really notice. I didn't notice that. It yeah. Really I don't down that much. There were, it was something that like that song is one that, you know, it grew on me the more I listened to it, but it was one that I would more kind of daze. Uh, while I was listening to it, and that part always stood out to me, where I was just like, "Yeah, give me like a weird feeling." I'm just like, "It's like the song slowed down for a second. It's just like, am I fucking about to pass out? <laughs> like, why did it warp for a split second? It was just kind of odd. It was an odd choice to keep it, but I guess they thought most people probably wouldn't notice. Yeah, but I'm I, not most people, Brett. <laughs> well, what was your least favorite song, man? I would say uh, it, it's probably maybe a cop out, but it's the bonus track. I didn't. I think Black Motorcade was my least favorite. Yeah, I. Well, it's so hard to criticize a bonus track because on one hand, it's not really part of the album, but they did put it on the album. It's you know? on the streaming version of the album. You know, that's enough that they're just like it's on the record. Yeah. So you know, fuck it. It's it's a song. It can't. It it isn't not a song. It should have just been, you know, it should have it should have gotten taken out back. <laughs> should have gotten old yellered. Oh, d- oh, don't talk about getting yellered. Hey man, I, I I'm just saying I'm I'm speaking truth to power, Brett. <laughs> I don't know how many times I need to tell you this. I as many times as it takes till it sticks, Lucas. I mean, maybe it'll stick by the time we get to uh, our ratings. And by the way, uh, I do like that segment. On any other album, I would have a much stronger opinion. <laughs> I think I was I, I was thinking it. Out of all the albums we've ever reviewed, this would be the worst one for that segment. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I don't know why I thought it'd be an easy answer for you, uh, <laughs> but yeah, that, I definitely I'm I'm okay with keeping that segment because um, you know we got to balance it out, man. You can't all be we can't fucking... be so positive all the time. We give these albums such a fair shake yeah we literally like for i would say 90 percent of the episodes we've done have just loved the record you know if not really liked it so yeah we yeah enough with the praise all right i can say I, what my I'm least favorite song sick is of on it. it yeah uh and, th- and it was easy for me on this one but uh yeah my my rating man um it, i i think it's my favorite uncle acid album Uncle Acid is my favorite uh, stoner metal band. Uh, you know, I like nine out of the ten songs on it pretty much a lot. So I'm going to give it uh, an 8.6. An 8.6. 8.6. All I mean, it's my right. favorite Uncle Acid record, you know. Uh, yeah, I was I was kind of expecting you to go into the nines with that with that prelude. Here's the thing, uh, I almost did, but there I un, I do I'm honest enough with myself. I used to not be able to admit when I didn't like something about one of my favorite bands, but now I'm, I can. Uh, I've grown a lot in the time we started this podcast, and you can. I, you, I'm hoping you that you've can, noticed. Well, I. I assume it was because of me that you grew so much and became so much of a man. So you're uh, welcome. Yeah, I would say it was mostly you. I mean, you've been my father figure for the last, like, solid ten months. Yeah. 
<laughs> ever, yeah. ever since you moved, I, I feel like our familial bond grew so much. Has only gotten stronger. Yeah. It, um, absence makes the heart grow fonder, you know? And stronger. And stronger, yes. Yeah. Here's the thing, though. Uh, I can admit that Uncle Acid is pretty repetitive. So, like, this is my favorite one. I would say 8.6. But everyone underneath it, you know, Mind Control is an 8.5. Bloodlust is probably an 8.3, and their newest one is probably an 8.0. So, all right, and there your there are your ratings for the Uncle Acid discography. Yeah, we don't need to listen to them now. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, we we did it for you, or Lucas yeah. did it for you. I did it for you. You did it for me. Yeah, that was that was a favor to it's, you. That was it's a, exactly uh, what I expected, my son. Yeah, it was a gift for the family. <laughs> well, you still have to get me something on Christmas. Uh, but yeah, eight point six. Yeah, you're all about gifts, man. You're just the material, the, the the materialistic thing is. Look, it's disappointing. I'm I'm a man of materials and means. If you don't mm. if you don't give me something physical that I can hold, that I can touch, that I can see, uh, w- w- is it really real? Uh, yeah, you tell me, man. I'm just it's your world. I'm just living in it. Yeah. It's yeah I'm just right. paying rent. <laughs> Uh, my rating of this album is going to be a little lower than yours. I'm going to get upset. Uh, well, I don't think you're really going to notice that much. Lucas is getting upset. <laughs> uh, but just how I am as a person. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> my likes, my dislikes. My likes, my dislikes. You, you'll find it all on my MySpace page. I uh, have. It, it, very repetitive, not too much variance. Uh, especially with the singer, the vocals. If they could have put, they could do to put uh, some more effects on the vocals at times. I think. Yeah, he could have taken some away. He could have added to it. You know, it was very uh, sheer mag esque in that sense. Very sheer mag esque. Yeah. Uh, nothing really. Nothing that's gonna blow your mind. A very good album to space out to, in my opinion. Yep. Uh, as a critical listen, this album would be very low. Uh, but as a just like listen, just as a normal listen, it's a bit higher. So I'm going to cut the difference and I'm going to put it at a straight 5.0. All right. That's uh, that's honestly better than I thought you were going to give it. Yeah, it's probably better than uh, I thought than I was it deserves. It. <laughs> <laughs> I do have a little I'm, I'm, I'm warding off the fact that I listened to this album so many times. Yeah, you can't take that into account. That's yeah. not that's not this album's fault. That's th- look, that's my fault. You it know, is I'm, your fault. I'm man enough. <laughs> Most things are. Yeah, I think uh, you know, I I definitely know. I can say f- with with pretty full confidence that if this was on like while we were just like playing Smash Brothers, there wouldn't be a moment when you're like, "Holy fuck, can we just turn this off?" No, not at all. Right. Like if we were just hanging out, we were just like chilling, like playing a board game or something. Just four locos, just, just talking. empty cans. <laughs> empty, multiple empty cans of four loco. We're, we're, we're building one of those pyramids of four loco cans. Yeah, yeah. We're only then six in. We're wasted. I would, I would not, I would not turn my nose away. I would not turn my nose up to it. Let's just say you wouldn't kick this album out of bed for eating crackers. Yeah. Can we <laughs> say bad. that much? Look, that's what I say about all my women. Yeah, uh, I feel like that's the rating system that we're gonna need to do from. 
from here on out. It's like how many crackers you... does it take to kick your exactly? <laughs> exactly. How many cr- how many crackers worth of crumbs in your bed would it yeah. take to kick this album out of bed? Uh, and for me, I think it would take about you know about three crackers. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then you're yeah. out of here. Yeah, you're out of here, bub. What uh, What about you? How many crackers? I'm gonna have to give it like eight point six crackers. 8.6 crackers. Yeah. Okay. I'm giving this album an 8.6 crackers. <laughs> Out of 10 crackers. 10 is the max. No one's going to... I mean... I don't care 10, if it's your favorite album in the world. After 10, it gets redundant. Like, you could you could spill a whole box on and it wouldn't... You're like, what you are know. we doing here? Yeah. Like, yeah. this is starting to feel, like, abusive at this point. <laughs> uh, thank you, buddies, for listening to this episode. Thank you. We appreciate all of you so much. Uh, we have a YouTube earbuds podcast. We have a Twitch channel earbuds Apparently. podcast. We're every single Friday at mm. 7 p.m. Central without, without fail, without fail. We, we do a live one. stream talking about the latest and greatest albums that uh, came out that day. That came if there's an album that comes out that day and we're interested, Hey buds, we're going to be doing a live stream about it. All right. Hey. We're going to be there. And you can count on us. Guys, I tried. Uh, Lucas would not budge on Young Thug. You know, I just, I feel like, Brett, how much can you talk about Young Thug? Like, it's like every time I talk to you, you're like, YT, YT, YT. I'm like, oh, yeah, my, my, bo- God. my boy, YT. In every single episode, you cut it out, which is, it, it's a good half hour of, of good content. Yeah, we have like another thirty-seven episodes worth of of content of this you just talking about Young Thug, and it's like well, I get yeah, it because he he'll release a single and I'll talk about it for about an hour and a half, mm-hmm. and you just won't say a word because you're too scared to speak up to me as your dad. That's true. I'm just like I mean I'm doing it now because I'm finally getting the you know like I'm sick of you, man. Hey, hey, you I'm want sick your of tone, Young Thug, young man. <sighs> Sorry. You, yeah. You know what? You and I are going to have a, a, a big talk about this. Oh, and I'm, you yeah. know what? Mr. Belt's going to be involved, isn't he? I didn't even, fu- I didn't even fucking do anything! <laughs> I didn't even fucking say anything! Yeah, well, tell well, it to the belt. Yeah, you can watch Brett hit me with a belt on our live stream. Um, you know, you'll catch the mini-sode. You can catch our stuff on YouTube, like Brett said. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at JeanLucGuitard. Uh, it's a very clear, obvious reference. Brett, you're on Instagram at like Brett Hanrahan with what was it like? How many underscores? Um, enough enough to fill the entire page. I think it's like also like you spelled your whole name in Wingdings, so it's yeah, like well, how is anyone supposed to find you? It's like step four in a seven part ARG, so I can't really change it at this yeah. point. You're building this mystique around you that it's just, I mean, TikTok is just, they can't stop talking about it. It's changed. It's changed me as a person, TikTok. They can't stop ticking about it. They can't stop talking about it. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And thank you so much for listening to this album. Um, You know, if you like stoner metal, you're probably going to like this a lot. Yeah, uh, if you like sleep, if you like bands like sleep, you're probably going to like this. I can't stand sleep. I don't get it. I would say sleep is is the most challenging of the stoner, one of the more challenging's of the stoner metals. But it's like if you like any '70s metal, especially like any Black Sabbathy stuff, 
you're gonna dig this, and uh, you're probably gonna like it a lot because it's uh, it brings it into the modern times, despite all the old shit that they used to make it. But uh, Brett, what uh, what are we gonna talk to uh, to each other about on the next episode? Well, man, I our special effects budget for this show has been infamously through the roof. Yeah, right? I mean, and we've been delivering. I mean, it's it's like that for a reason, you know. We. Yeah. We're bringing in the numbers. I mean, it's Patreon only, but the amount of effects that we have yeah. uh, just throughout the episodes, it would make it would make Marvel wince. Yeah, it'd make them blush a little bit. It'd you make, know? It, it would finally humble them. Much, the production, much needed humbling. That's probably the main feedback I've received in the last few weeks about our shows is that the production value has just like gone through the roof. Uh, but I'm I got, so glad people notice all the money that we're putting into this, you know? Well, here's the thing, man. Is that... Uh, 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 I got some bad news about the uh, this next week's budget. What? 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 What happened? We got no effects, man. We have no effects. Yeah, we got no effects. We have we have no effects. We got we got no effects. Zero. Zero. On this like, show. I I I talked to the board. I talked to the higher ups. I talked to the council, and they just weren't having it. They they said you you are too powerful. We need to humble you. Yeah. Uh, like you've humbled everyone else. Right. We've humbled all other music podcasts at this point. Yeah. And so, so I, I understand. I understand. I, they, they, they told us we need to travel. We need to go train. Uh, I don't really quite recall where it was that they wanted us to go. I remember them saying we need to find Jaden Smith in somewhere in China. Right. Yeah. He's going to train us for some kumite or something i didn't fully understand but okay well, how about they, this though yeah can we just like negotiate with them and say how about instead of like us having no effects for the rest of our shows that we record i'm like what if we can we just ask if what if we just listen to punk and drublick by no effects oh you know what i didn't would, even think of that would that like you think that like i think that would i, I mean, think that would keep us in the game man once, once the council's done the blood ritual, it's really hard to make them kind of take the decision back. But I know the ancients might, have been pleased. Th- this might be the exact kind of leverage that we need to get them back on our side. Okay, so let's let's just plan on. All right, for the next episode, we're gonna talk about Punk and Drublick by No Effects. Yeah, and we'll put out the episode with all the effects that we that we now have. Patreon only. 250 grand an episode. Yeah. And let's see what they say. I, you know what? I think we're going to win them over with that one. All right. Well, buddies, let's let's get you guys to listen to No Effects also. Let's all listen to Punk and Drublick together before the next episode. Yeah. We need your help, buddies. <laughs> we we need everyone in the world to lift their hands up and do do a little No Effects spirit bomb. Everyone listen to Punk and Drublick. We really need you guys to step up, okay? Uh, Lucas, what would you rate this episode? I would rate this episode an 8.6. You know what? I was thinking the exact same thing. That's weird. Brett, this was good. Lucas, this was good. And a three and a two. And let's do 30 more minutes. Uh, so what have you... <laughs> what, what Bye! Is... <laughs>